hello, this is Guillermo del Toro, and you're listening to Out Now Podcast. Hello. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, he's on his way. He'll, he'll pop up soon enough. Uh, Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We dig into movies we have most inspired for your review, the occasional commentary track, or some other filmy topic. This stuff, it doesn't matter. We like I'm doing all this intro stuff. This is another one of our horror specials. This is our fourth one of the month for 2021. And as anyone that's been following notes, uh, we have been doing horror franchises this year, which has been a super fun so far. We've already covered the Omen franchise, the Candyman franchise. And just last week, thank, uh, we had special guest uh, Jeffrey Reddick on to talk about the Final Destination films with us, which was super cool. Uh, but this week, uh, we're taking things back to the 70s and down to Texas because we're talking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. That's right. All eight films in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise is what we're going to discuss right this second we're gonna just jump right into it but joining me of course to discuss all of the films of leatherface we have from joe blow he has survived but what is left of him it's jimmy o get her grandpa get her i'm here hey guys (laughs) from the milky way blues after a few weeks of silence his buzz is back it's yancey burns hey guys thanks for having me and from and from the brandon peters show and why so blue if looks could kill he wouldn't need a chainsaw it's brandon peters Hey, I uh, brought my speaking spell ready for us to have some fun. <laughs> okay, great. Oh, sweet. Glad to have everyone here. How is everyone's uh, evening buzzing so far? Just had myself some chili and ready to... Oh, God, this. really? Gonna have some chili. Anyone have any head cheese? I, yeah, we'll get that. I was hanging out with a bunch of cowboys yesterday, so it feels fitting, kind of, actually. Nancy, how are you doing? Good. Solid. Good. Good. That's that's what I like to hear. Just ready to go, ready to get revved up to talk go, about the Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> I remember last week we had Jeffrey on and he made a chainsaw noise and he was immediately embarrassed by this chainsaw noise. I definitely held that clip and I have it to use whatever I want. To. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's do this. We're going to talk about all the Texas Chainsaw Massacre films, but before we get into them specifically, uh, let's talk about the franchise as a whole a little bit. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of movies here. I don't think it's a controversial to say they vary in quality, but on the whole, what are you guys th- thoughts on like the on the franchise that is Texas Chainsaw? Uh, Yancy, let's start with you. Of all the series that got sort of serialized in the 70s or 80s and then sort of continued, feels the least natural for it. It feels like it lends itself to a new iteration or a sequel the least. Mm-hmm. It's filled with so many restarts and false starts and and sort of it, it, it it's weird. I think it's probably because the first one, as great as Halloween is and as fun as Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street is great, I think the first one is really a work of art, it, it, you know, in almost like a Doctor Strange love kind of a way. And it's hard to, it's harder to recapture that in, in any kind of serialized satisfying. But I don't think you want to know more about at least I don't ever really want to know more about Leatherface. I, I think Toby Hooper agrees exactly with you, honestly, as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's my take. I, you know, I, it's a, by its nature, it's a fun franchise because it's so grisly. Um, but it is very, it is sort of rough seas. Jimmy, how about you? What are your thoughts on the franchise? Uh, you know, I. <sighs> It's one of those like it's it, we we keep running into this where the first one is 
so fucking great and just amazing really well done really captured kind of the this this in, incredible terror and and and, and rights in a really smart way and then the sequels came but i i i think there's some i think there's a few pretty decent i think from what we've done on this show i think some of the sequels have held a little better a couple mm-hmm. of the sequels and remakes well i'll go into that when we go into specifics sure brandon how about you it's a kind of a fascinating mess of a series if you want to even like call it that kind of hard to it's got like a bunch of part twos um it it like i don't know if it's interesting it's cool that we have one that hooper did himself we also get one that uh, hankel did too um it's at every step of the way with its return and stuff it is very influential it's extremely like the you know the first ones you know iconic as it is um the the remake of it kicked off the both the remake and the more grisly looking horror of the oos Mm -hmm. and then the 3d one kicked off hey ignore everything and just make a direct sequel and then they also oddly enough every time they've come back they've gone backward recently. Like they, they made that remake and then they went to a prequel and then they made the 3d one and then they went back before the first one. So mm. it's just odd, tr- odd trends, <laughs> oddly influential, um, even in its lesser hours. Uh, and it, it's, it's just some, some of it has proven to be films. People weren't ready for at the time. And you look back or maybe were harshly judged and are a little bit better now. And some were just, what they are um (laughs) mincing some words there i see (laughs) yeah so it's it's to me it's fast it's fascinating whether you're watching garbage or not or something of high quality it's just it's a fascinating overview to look at the journey we go on from the first film to where we're at now is not it's a mess people want to call the halloween franchise like oh my gosh look at all these dude texas seriously like yeah a lot of adventures to choose um abe i know you've just stepped in here how are you doing good how are you guys doing it's almost as if we had just chatted an hour and a half ago you're you're not wrong uh but no glad to have you here of course uh, we're just going over kind of our series overview thoughts before we get into the films individually. I'm just yeah. curious, how many of you of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre f- films have you seen? Uh, one in full, the original OG, mm-hmm. and about three in parts, like okay. various scenes that have been sent to me and are people like, check this out. And I'm like, OK, or it just shows up on my YouTube algorithm. I'm like, I guess I do want to see how this person gets killed in the 2014 uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I don't know if it was 2014. might have been. You're close. Later. 13. You got, you're out there. 13. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> close. But my relationship with the series is that it was um, it was a movie that we saw over the summertime when my cousins came to come visit. And it was one that we had avoided for a long time because the rumors were like, oh, this 1970s movie was like, it's about three kids or it's about real teens that traveled across Texas and terrible things happen. We're like, what? So it kind of kicked that off. I, Brandon, I kind of came in at the tail end of what you're talking about there. What's fascinating is that 
it kind of has survived in a in a weird way that I didn't think was uh, what anybody intended, where it was going to be about um, Leatherface. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, I guess so, because the other family members are way scarier than Leatherface. He's just a guy that doesn't talk and he has a chainsaw. But the other people are fucking crazy. Famously unscary. Yeah. Mute people with chainsaws that come yeah, after yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like the fascination of just how that person has continued on, not even like Leatherface specifically, but just the, the Texas Chainsaw type of person. Because mm. we've seen that in like a Geico commercial where you see it in front of your theater, uh, in front of the commercials where it's just like these teenagers with a, a guy with a mask and a chainsaw. So I... I actually really, uh, I admire the first one for being as, I don't know if it was, it probably was extreme at that time, but for being as extreme as it it is, because I still remember some terrible things that happened to those kids. It's an interesting thing you bring up there, because we'll talk about that again in the first one, but I mean, it's it's not a bloody movie, but horrible things do happen. Horrible things, like freezers, meat hooks, and I'm just like, this is disturbing to watch, and if you buy into it, I was like, probably like, when i first saw it like if you buy into the whole entire like this actually happened someplace in east texas or in west texas you're just like i am never traveling to to these parts of the country so that's kind of my familiarity with texas chainsaw massacre i'm familiar with the sequels i'm familiar with how it has been rebooted um, but i've never seen them in whole okay it's it is true completely true it's a true story What do you mean? Well, them. John Larroquette said it was. So, I mean, yeah. Night Court? <laughs> Night Court's John Larroquette yeah. said it was a true story. The chainsaws, yeah. the cannibalism, it's true. All of it. And and to be fair, <laughs> John Larroquette was paid with a, a a joint to do the film. That's oh, why yeah. He that, did that actually sounds the, like a John Larroquette movie. Movie. Yeah. For the remake. Yeah. For the original, I, I he mean, got $75,000. I, 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 I don't know why. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's... let's <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let's 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 get into it. Let's get into these films. Let's start off, of course, with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, nineteen seventy four film directed by Toby Hooper. It made thirty million worldwide. Uh, let's see, Leatherface. This time around, we have Gunnar Henson. Uh, the film also stars Marilyn Burns and Jim Cito. Uh, I have a brief prod synopsis here because why not? Five friends head out to rural Texas to visit the grave of a grandfather. On the way, they stumble across what appears to be a deserted house, only to discover something sinister within. That's vague, but um, it's not a, it's not a ghost. <laughs> it's not a ghost. Uh, I believe mm-hmm. we well, we not. I don't believe I know we have done a commentary track for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Brandon and I were on that for sure. Yancey, were you on that track? No. Oh, yeah, I was. I you were on that track, I believe. Yeah, yeah it, was. Was fa- it was fairly recent. Uh, so, I mean, we've talked about this at length before is what I'm getting at. So with that said, we will still talk about this movie. But let's start with Jimmy. Jimmy, your thoughts on on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's one of the best horror films ever made. Simple as that. Uh, I think that it's it's interesting. When I first saw it as a kid, I didn't like it because I was like, "Well, this isn't gory. This isn't really scary. This is just kind of weird and goofy and cool." But as a as an adult, you know, and I, even as a teenager, I, I watched it again, and it, it's very unsettling. And it's so it is a perfect example of how to show some, not show something yet scare the fuck out of audiences. I mean, honestly, it's so, you know, they, there's so many moments in that that just really get under your skin. And really, I, I, I still, to this day, the, that, the introduction of Leatherface is one of the best introductions of any horror villain of all time. It's 
just phenomenal. I, I love this film. I love the original. It's a, it's a easily one of my favorites in the horror, you know, in my, in my collection. I've seen it several times. It's not a fun watch all the time. Don't, never watch this high. Don't watch this movie high. It'll, it'll mess you up. <laughs> Abe, how about you? Where are you with, uh, with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Very similar to Jimmy. I mean, I, I think I watched it uh, again early on and I had been accustomed to things in the video store like Hellraiser or Jason Friday the 13th or Halloween or Chucky uh, Child's Play, you know, where it's like action and there's a stabbing and jump scares. And this one was like, oh, it's kind of muted. And then the more I, we talked about just a moment ago, it's, it's very disturbing, even for me as mm-hmm. when I'm thinking back on it. And even now where... I think to myself, it's it was like Leatherface is a cool guy, but did you also check out that old guy just biting that woman's finger at the dinner table? That's weird. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of like gross things in it, and as you get older, you're just like, wow, this is made in a in 1978. When was this made? It's 74. 74. It's like oh. this was made in 1974, and they just like decided to like put this on here. This seems like a movie that should be banished for all time but it it's um it is a classic it is uh, very much um probably one of the best horror movies ever made so yeah uh, it's kind of mm-hmm. where i am with it uh, rather than having us say the same thing three times in a row i'll just ask you uh yancey uh is there a can you recall like a, a specific impact that the film had on you like the first time you saw it similar you know i also probably was looking for something more like halloween when i saw it first as a kid i came to it i think yeah. a movie called terror in the isles everybody know terror in the isles mm-hmm. oh yeah yep. so good on documentary that used to air on hbo and it was hosted by nancy allen or nancy allen and don pleasant through the whole movie the, the funniest thing is they refer to horror movies as terror films they never mm-hmm. call them horror films the text chainsaw massacre is legitimately a terror film if that was a, if that was its own category because when the Texas, unlike certain movies, when the Texas Chainsaw Massacre finally gets going, the last 30 or 40 minutes is just unbridled terror and screaming. You've got, you know, unbroken 20 minute uh, giant fat guy with a chainsaw chasing, screaming hippie. I mean, it's, it's really, really, it must have really blown people away, similar to Night of the Living Dead or more recently the Blair Witch Project, because it seems like this sort of grisly sort of found item. And then the more you see it, the more you realize how beautifully put together it is. You know, I, I feel honestly the exact same way as you. Like it's a movie where I, I grew to appreciate it more as I gotten older. Not that it didn't impact me the first time, just because the nature of the thing to begin with. Jimmy, you mentioned like the shit, the introduction of Leatherface. That is one of like I mean, when I talk about like best introductions Perfect. of a character, uh, it, it's truly amazing. Like the impact that such a simple sequence of guy appears in doorway uh, can be, just given. The cinematography, the the very, very subtle use of score, just all of that really connected with me. The thing that I always like to say about Texas Chainsaw Massacre is it's terrifying for a very specific reason. Yes, we have other slasher characters or whatnot that, you know, come after victims or what have you. They, I mean, they exist in a certain type of universe where I'm just not, not inherently terrified of. I am terrified of a giant man with a chainsaw running, sprinting after me. Like that's something that's like, that's plausible in my mind, not dream demons, not a guy to camp, <laughs> but like a guy sprinting at me with a chainsaw. I don't want to be any part of that. <laughs> it's like this. And the fact that this movie, like you just said, yeah, he sustains that kind of feeling for a good portion of time. 
yeah that's effective that's effective stuff so yeah i've i really appreciate like the amount of terror that this film does bring but yes as far as the direction and cinematography goes i think there's so much like and let alone uh, you know the thematic things that are going on in there like there's there's a lot that I really admire about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I do think it's one of the just <laughs> the best damn movies you can get in this kind of area. Yeah, Brandon, any uh, additional flavor you want to bring to this discussion about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I like it. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, the thing that always struck me that it had that some of the other horror movies didn't was the. You know, the, the dinner table sequence towards yeah. the end. It's not about the guy in the mask anymore. It's not about getting chased with the chainsaw. Right. It's like, whoa, uh, the, the killer guy, he's he's not by himself. He's got, like, people who are fucking more crazier than him. <laughs> and, like, she's tied to the table. There's the creepy grandfather. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, that's the part of the movie that goes there. Like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre with a tie like that and its reputation, you think, oh, just people getting hacked up, blood, blood. No, it's the unsettlingness and just all the screaming and yeah. lunacy. And at my age, when I saw it when I was a kid, I was like, I didn't see anything like that. And it disturbed me so much. <laughs> and to go along with the way it's built up in this very uh, natural lit uh, very real, like you can feel the sweat, the smells of everything, just looking at the picture. And it felt like just genuine, like documentation. But uh, yeah, I, you know, at this point, at the point I'd seen that I'd seen people getting stalked with knives. I've seen, I'd seen gory stuff, but like this dinner table scene and the, just the sheer craziness and conviction of uh, this family in it was what really sent it over the edge and landed with me and just <laughs> still haunts to this day. That brings it back to Abe, your point as far as Leatherface not being the scariest character, that because you're you're absolutely right. I mean, at that point in the film, he's the <laughs> you're not necessarily thinking I want to be on his side, but it's like, yeah, he's he's the homemaker at that point in the film. At that point, everybody else is like you just said, absolutely <laughs> insane, and you don't want to deal with any of that. It it's the way it kind of shifts and moves. It's. Uh, it is disturbing and it also it just makes the film keep like refreshing itself every so often given like where we start versus where we end up and what's left with them um uh what i mean we have seven other movies but what else do we want to say about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre i mean the Marilyn Burns is a fucking trooper in this movie <laughs> like it was it's basically an independent movie at the time there's not a lot of like things you can do to hide damage or you stunt people, what have you. She's basically been put through the ringer through this movie. Uh, she's passed, she passed away. What a few years ago now at this point. Right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that she, well, that, that this movie, what it took, was it 12 years between this and part two? Yes. Yeah. That it yeah, took it that long sense, yeah. to get a follow-up when you have oh, Grant, We said, like I agree with Yancey, like hard to lend itself to sequels that need, but when you have such a memorable look of like Leatherface that this didn't get a sequel for that long, but you know, probably figuring out the rights with this movie is probably a bit tough paperwork wise before it finally happened. But it's just surprising once Michael, Jason, Freddie and all that's popping up that we've got a, Hey, we could bring that skin face guy back, but you know, cracking the code of a sequel as we will talk with this series, is very tough. 
Well, I, I mean, we've had a whole commentary track on this movie, so I, like, it's mm-hmm. not like I'm trying to short shrift Texas Chainsaw, right? But you can hear more of our thoughts on the movie in another commentary track that I will link to in this episode. Uh, so let's 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 move on because we can keep we can explore some of that what you just said, Brandon. If with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre two, <laughs> this movie, as Jimmy mentioned, it did come out in 1986. It's also directed by Toby Hooper. I think it's the first in this series of franchises that's had a back-to-back director entry because we did Final Destinations. Yes, they had Wong yeah. did two and Ellis did two, but not back-to-back. <laughs> but uh, let's see. This one made less money, $8 million worldwide. A uh, mm-hmm. bit of a premise this time around. A radio host is victimized by the cannibal family as a former Texas marshal hunts them down. Uh, Leatherface this time around is played by Bill Johnson. The film also stars Dennis Hopper, Caroline Williams, Bill Mosley, and once more, Jim C. Doe. So, this movie, as you, Brandon, as you just mentioned it, we'll get to our all our thoughts and everything. But I mean, part of I think part of it is that Toby Hooper just he helped that he was a producer on the first film. He didn't want to do anything else after the first one. He's like, right. what else do I have to say about this thing? Like, I made it. Like, he, went, he did other things for a while, <laughs> right? He did a number of other movies before he went back to the well. And even then, well, this was a three picture deal with Canon, and mm-hmm. after his first. You're making the damn chainsaw too now. Like after what the, you did the remake of Invaders from Mars, Life Force, Life like, Force. You're making the damn chainsaw too now. So yeah, yeah. And as a result, this movie is a lot more of a satire. Like it's it's like okay, I'll make Chainsaw too, but I'm not gonna you know, <laughs> I'll give you the thing that you want, but I'm gonna make it incredibly gory and disturbing. He's gonna he goes like the opposite direction, makes it incredibly gory, makes it really disturbing. Uh, but also adds a healthy dose of dark comedy throughout this thing, since we focus a lot on the on the Sawyer family, all, about as much as we focus on Stretch, uh, Carolyn Williams' character, as well mm-hmm. as the uh, the wild card factor that is Dennis Hopper <laughs> in this movie. Um, but that's enough for me for now. Jimmy, what are your thoughts on Texas 2? Uh, you know, it's, this is another, I feel like with both of these films, I was just, I was like, I don't even know what to make of this movie when I first saw it. And it, it, it's one again. This one really grew on me as well because I, I think if you're going to make a sequel, especially something like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, do something a little creative, get get wild. And I think Toby Hooper kind of he went batshit crazy with this, and it's a lot of fun to watch. It's it's just that you know we we talked about the introduction to Leatherface. Holy shit! The introduction to this, the beginning of this yeah. movie, is one of the best scenes ever. <laughs> it is, it is so wild, and you're kind of cheering them on. You're kind of like, yeah, get those douchebags. Yeah. But uh, it's, I, I really like this movie, and it's. Well, I think you mentioned it didn't make as much money, and well, keep in mind this was related. This was released as a, you know, no, no, we can't, we can't be because it was NR or unrated. It was or unrated, whatever. yeah. Um, yeah, so they couldn't release it in main theaters, you know, it, what, and it didn't have the, you know, it was a different time too. So it was a lot harder to get an unrated film to make a lot of money because three theaters wouldn't show it. So, which is a shame because it's, I, I think it's, I think this is a movie that has found its audience through home video and, and all that stuff. And uh, for good, for good reason, it's a pretty great, pretty great sequel. Before I get to you, Yancey, I'll just point out, Abe, I'm aware you have not seen, you know, as you pointed out, most of the movies in this franchise. So if you ever feel like chiming in, feel free to, you know, throw in any questions our way. I'm going to uh, like watch clips as you guys talk about these and be like, oh, yeah, that opening is pretty crazy. Like Jimmy said, yeah, find the opening, then just find oh, every, just find the, the, the opening and then everything Dennis Hopper in Texas, too. You'll be happy. Um, <laughs> Yancey, where are you with, with, with the sequel here? 
You know, I think Texas Chainsaw 2 may be the most underrated movie of the 80s. It's, it's, and it, 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 it to me feels like the best of those mid 80s movies like Blood Simple or whatever John Sayles was doing or, or Jim Jarmusch. It has that distinctly 80s feel. Like it came out of the back of a, of a used record store or something. I think mm-hmm. it's absolutely terrific. It obviously is, 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 a, is, a, is a shining example of the movie that was great, but did not give the audience exactly what it wanted. So okay. I think it still mm-hmm. suffers from that. But whatever, what Aaron said, it's, it's ridiculously over the top in its gore. It's still pretty terrifying. It is more out as a comedy than the first one is. Um, what sort of subtext is out in the front in, in Chainsaw 2, but I think it's a brilliant movie. I, I, in my, I Honestly, in, in my own heart, I hold it in the same esteem as the first one, and I think Bill Mosley's Chop Top is one of the greatest un- sort of <laughs> horror characters in any... He's That's a great performance of, of a, just a wonderful character. Yeah. I love Chainsaw 2 a lot. I agree. He gets a big lifetime pass for me as far as him showing up and stuff because of this movie. Like, when he popped up in Rob Zombie's things, I'm like, well, I mean, regardless of what I think, this is a yeah. good. This is an addition, and then it helps that I really love Devil's Rejects a lot because he's great mm-hmm. in that movie. Also, <laughs> but, um, so good. So Brand- good. Brandon, you have a pretty special history with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. I, uh, I I know it's pretty detailed, but if you want to sum up some of it for us, that'd be great. Well, I love this movie. Like, and I don't think anybody even today is ready for it if you haven't seen it before. It's mm. it's really. It's the left turn you 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 need, not what you want. And um, I have I have like I I have to say I love this movie. Like I can't, and it's one of my favorite movies because I've owned this on home video like freaking I think like let's see seven times. I I've bought it. Ah, twi- I've had it twice wow. on twice on VHS. I've had it twice on DVD and three times on Blu-ray. So. I apparently love this movie so so much apparently but and it's it's got one of the greatest jump scares in horror history when Leatherface first appears in the record uh or the at the, the radio radio, radio station. I still can't count it out it, it's perfectly timed that you know he's coming but you're like is it two sec is it and it gets you every time and Bill Mosley's chop top perfectly sets him up because you're more worried about that guy mm-hmm. the whole time, even if you've seen the movie before and it's such a great foil, the leather face they work. I, I mean, the chemistry between the two is great and it's, it's a guy in a, you know, hunking a Hulk in a mask and this, this smart ass little twig guy and it works. And chop top is just, it's funny. They never attempt to bring chop top back, but that's probably because this movie fails. I, you know, it doesn't meet expectations, but he is as much a face of Texas Chainsaw and his history as Leatherface. Like he's the best thing they've come up with uh, to go with him. This movie's expensive. It looks expensive. Like all the money's there on the screen. Yeah, they're like their underground tunnel yeah. hideout is pretty like elaborate as far as it's, what they do. It's really funny. Dennis Hopper is nuts in this <laughs> yeah. movie and then you have caroline williams who is just not like your standard final girl or anything else like she's no. well i think no. she's well written well performed and they have something really special this and it's a miracle it works because i don't think they they had they had to cut this short like the ending is not what they were planning they just didn't have any money left and 
tried to finish it in the editing room with what they could. Uh, they repeat things from the original to in such uh, either new ways or upping the ad. Like the dinner table scene here still gets me just like the first one. Even more so. There's even like they actually hit her with the hammer and that's oh, hard oh. to watch. It's all. And they suck in the finger. They know how to amp it up. They give Cito more to do. He's funny. Um, he has the best chili in Texas. Right. My it's, hands. My it, hands. Yes. The, yeah. The, the opening with the <laughs> killing the guys in the car is oh. awesome. It's the glasses. I, I like, the, yeah. The goofy this, glasses he's wearing. Yeah, this movie, I agree with the answer, is just as special as the first one. It just it doesn't get the credit. I don't think people understand yeah. it. I, and it, it, Toby Hooper was really smart to make the movie. I know he was having some Coke problems during this movie. And obviously it's the 80s and it looks like it. But we're, we benefit. We benefit from that because he takes every impulse without restraint and we get a go with it. And I do like his canon films run. It's a great trilogy. Like if Ayers from Mars is pretty solid. I love Life Force. I love this movie. Um, really stuff that we didn't appreciate when it happened. Now we look back and go, oh shoot, that was those were actually really good. But yeah, this movie, it, it's it's very special. Like you have, there's nothing like it. And yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it really isn't. Yeah, and it's got probably the best uh, Leatherface performance. That guy is really good. That Bill, it's a good, it's a good yeah. Leatherface. He has to express a lot of really. Mm-hmm. He has a lot to do, so yeah. I get I get what you're saying there. Because I mean, I you know that primal nature of Gunnar Hansen sets up a mold, obviously. But there's well, a lot there's a there's a lot of yeah. stuff for this Leatherface to do in this movie, as far as mm-hmm. falling in love <laughs> and wanting to make a friend. And all I mean, this is this is Savini's Leatherface too. It's pretty. It's a yeah. Savini yeah. mask. It's, like yeah. it's what Savini in this period of the eighties is unstoppable. Just spilling out. It's mm-hmm. like, this yeah, thing this blows is... my mind. Uh, I mean, I I don't sway far from you guys here. Like I I I I didn't know what I was getting into watching this. The the, the reason I popped this on at one point is because I just I hadn't seen it was during college when I finally saw it. It was because I heard like Kevin Smith talking about it on one of his early podcasts. He was talking about his like either ta- he and Scott Moe they're talking about um the first chainsaw, but then they're also like. You know what? Texas 2, though, is also crazy. Like, people don't know how crazy that movie is. And he's seeing yeah. more love. He's like, fine, I'll be going to rent Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. And I did. It's like, absolutely right. This movie is insane. <laughs> the fact, it's a miracle of a film as far as like how everything, like, as you've already mentioned, Brandon, like it all comes together despite everything going on in it that a lesser filmmaker wouldn't be able to handle. And, the, and also, this would be a great like triple feature of like Evil Dead Two and Day of the Dead, as far as like bonkers yeah. movies that are insanely gory, but also super fun as far as their whole mood and attitude goes. Like it just mm-hmm. also really shows you. Texas Two shows you how biased critics were in the eighties against gore and mm-hmm. against horror. Mm-hmm. Nobody yep. stood for this movie when it came out. Nobody. And the easy excuse was, "Oh, it's just disgusting. I couldn't sit through it." And it's like that to me that that's a fail on, on the part of the critics. This movie is is a gem, you know. I agree. I agree. Dennis Hopper uh, famously, I believe, calls this the the bottom pit of his career at this point. It's like he just is not he was he's not happy with the fact that he was in it. At the same time, he's also in Blue Velvet the same year. So I mean, it's like he was probably running an Oscar campaign. I'm, yeah, I'm sure he was happy to kind of disown this one in favor of the thing that was getting him a lot more praise. Uh, I think we talked about it, Brandon, yeah. in our speed commentary, where this is like his career was like started to like ramp back up again because of the yeah. film at this point. Yeah. Yeah. But 
But I mean, if his career went downhill and then he got offered conventions, of course he'd love Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything else on that? I mean, there's there's plenty to. I mean, okay. Well, how about this? There's the, no better joke than the chili. Like that <laughs> is the best chili in Texas is the family from the first one cutting people up and serving it in chili. Like that's <laughs> that's great. Well, that's that gets mm, to the theme delicious. of this movie where the first one, you, you know, there's a there's the common thought is well, it involved it's kind of evoking Vietnam in its own way. Like that's part of it, and which becomes less subtle in some of the upcoming films that we'll get to, but Mm -hmm. this one's going after yuppie culture, right? This is like the, it's it's very much uh, Hooper uh, peeling back some, like literally with the opening, as far as peeling back yuppies, like literally, but peeling um, back yuppies. (laughs) um, I mean, it it is, it is kind of, there's some class-based ideas going on here as far as, you know, involving, you know, Papa Sawyer with these uh these other people in this chili competition improving how how, how well equipped he is with his food versus them. But you get like you, the very staples of this series are pretty secure at this point. You get like what like a leader Sawyer member, you get the crazy son one, you get a leatherface grandpa or a grandma mm-hmm. sometimes is lying around also. So it's certainly setting up like a format that the rest of these films are gonna keep following as the yeah. as it goes mm-hmm. on. As it, it, it like Yancy already mentioned like the idea of it being not necessarily lending itself to sequels and i don't disagree with you and that kind of leads to like what we're going to get to in the like the next one where it's like it's just repeating the same stuff because there's only so much you can do like by the end of each of these films there's generally a sense of finality right like there's mm-hmm. well all right let's move on let's get let's get to let's get to the next one let's get to um leatherface colon the texas chainsaw massacre three mm. this is 1990 we have director Jeff Burr here. Mm-hmm. The film makes a little less money again, five million worldwide. The uh, the logline here: a California couple and a survivalist encounter Leatherface and his family. Leatherface is played by R. A. Haluf this time around. Mihoff. Mihoff is that it is. Mihoff or something that's, like that's that. That's a lot of vowels to spell that word, but okay. Um, this time we have stars Vigo Mortensen, Kate Hodge, and Dawn of the Dead's Ken Foree. Brandon, I want to start with you. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Leatherface? I like it. It's a solid, like, if you're if they're trying to take it seriously again, type one. But uh, I, I always, I, 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 that's one I always like liked from the get go. Um, get it kind of gets back to the the roots, running away from chainsaws in the woods, uh, the house. They really do a good job uh, with just making the with the creepy family. Like that's. They've got the the woman with the box who talks like this. Um, she's creepy. The little child's creepy. You get some just like kind of random hill jacks added to the family. But Viggo Mortensen brings a nice spin on like the handsome, like looks like a heroic one, but he's probably the worst of them all. <laughs> um, it's, it's still brutal. Uh, mm-hmm. Kempere showing up. I, you know, hey, Kempere showed up. That's awesome. Um, it's got some, it's still got some sense of like a little bit of weird. It's kind of lacking in some humor and goofiness to it, but um, I don't know. I've always, I've always thought this one was pretty pretty rock solid. Describe the trailer for people that haven't seen. Oh, the- this! Oh, yes, this one has the best trailer. Uh, trailer. It, it's set up. It's like it's, yeah. You think you're watching some like King Arthur, Lady in the Lake, giving the sword, and uh-huh. then like a chainsaw comes from the lake, and Leatherface grabs, it, and he's like, ah, and he's like, Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. <laughs> And and oddly enough, uh, Jason takes, takes Manhattan had a similar trailer where it's like, look at the skies in New York, 
and turns around and it's by the third time but this was actually this was actually supposed to come out in 89 where we would have had freddie jason michael all in movies and i think this one's might argue to be the best of that bunch that they had to throw out there but this one had reshoots and had to get uh pushed back to 1990 but it was supposed to be for 89 at new line uh where new line would at one point you know have jason freddie all of them yeah yeah and, and leatherface but they also tried to bid for michael between 89 and 95 but they did not win out Nancy, what how about you? you where are you with leatherface pretty close to brandon i think it's i think it's it goes without saying that it's a less it, it's not like a deeply psychological experience like the first two it's not it's not as rich as those it, it is the it is basically leatherface in a more traditional slasher movie mode but it works pretty well especially if you look at the other any other sort of horror or slasher movies it's pretty well done it's fun the acting is good i like it i you know i i enjoy it it's it's definitely in the upper half uh, of uh this series this one has gadgets this one has like they they all have like little like extra gizmos and things like even leatherface has like a little mini saw at one point to like counter uh ken foree when he's like wrestling him with the chainsaw yeah and the big the big uh, kitchen scene at the end their version of the big kitchen scene i think comes out very well and has a great and it's interrupted beautifully by ken foree uh with a machine gun (laughs) (laughs) reacting as an audience member might uh So that's a very satisfying moment. Yeah, and, and you know, as corny as it is, I like the squeaky leg brace, Leatherface, means Leatherface is coming thing that they use in this uh, device that they use. It's pretty effective. Jimmy, how about you? I'm kind of agreeing with all of you. This is this is one that I've, I've heard so many people kind of trash, and it's not a popular one. It's not the most... But I, I think it's a solid sequel. I think it's a... Especially for the third film, it, it kind of teeters between the first two doesn't have the satire as much um kate walsh also wait no okay what's her name uh kate, kate hodge okay, solid lead good lead good lead and it's uh vigo mortensen's great uh william butler's great ken foray i i, I really I, yeah it's one of those it's better than it should have been i think it's one of those i i think it it's mm-hmm. a, a solid slasher film like fun to watch yeah, and uh, yeah, see, I, I agree with you. The the neck, the the leg thing squeaking. I love that. I think it's creepy. I yeah. love that part. Yeah, yeah, not too much separation here. I hadn't this somehow. The two films called Leatherface are the ones that have eluded me for the longest time because I just caught up with this <laughs> one last year for the first time, and I watched the the Leatherface that we're going to talk about later for the first time this year. Um, but I I was not displeased. It works like you guys said as basically a standard slasher mm-hmm. film that just happens to have this specific IP involved. This is the one I knew Viggo Mortensen was in. So I was certainly curious about that, but I did, for some reason, I it completely alluded to me that Ken Faree was like the co-lead in this movie. So that automatically yeah. made me very happy because I'm a huge fan of Ken Faree and his presence in films in general. Um, he's great. Yeah. He, he certainly is. And the, they're just like this movie it's more about like the bits that i like in this movie like certain like some fights that happen the like the the dinner scene like we've already mentioned the introduction of vigo's character at the gas station and the stuff going on there there's just a lot of like kind of like slasher movie hallmarks mixed with like new twists on the format for texas chainsaw that just ultimately just work into this not necessarily episodic affair but like just areas where i'm like okay like i get what it's doing and i appreciate like this version of this thing or this version of that thing so it makes for like a 
it's not not cohesive because it's fine. It's just a linear slasher movie. But you know, compared to the outright madness of two or the cinematic excellence that is one, like this one, just you know, it's lesser by comparison for obvious reasons, but it's still enjoyable to watch. So, like, I have nothing against Leatherface, uh, Texas Three at all. It's just like, yeah, no, it, it works. It works for what it's doing. I can see where people would prefer this one to the second one if they're not very understanding of what is going on or appreciative of the, the of tone the is things. the yeah. tone is very straightforward for this one yeah. by comparison. What has Jeff Burr done? Like, what was his other? Uh, he like he did he did he did a couple puppet. Oh no, those were after he did a couple puppet masters. He had Stepfather two before this, so he ah, was, he was yeah. prepped, which which is it's pretty good. Uh, okay, sequel. Yeah, it's a pretty good sequel. Which he's, he, he's a good. He's a good sequel director. He's not great. He's mm-hmm. he's very serviceable. I feel which, like which For, he uh, he did uh, stepfather too. He worked with Caroline Williams, and he has her have a little mm-hmm. cameo in here too. To is she playing who she was in mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Two or not? So forgive me, but how does stepfather two work? Is he just at like a new family's house? Yeah, yeah. He got away. So, so it's very straightforward. That's yeah. what he just yeah. Yeah. He just remarries. I, I think it's is, it, is is it Jonathan Brandis? Is he like the kid in that one? I can't. Remember. I, I remember. Uh, it's a solid it movie. Is, you are correct. It is Jonathan. Brandis. Jonathan Brandis. Yeah, and his mom's uh, what's her name? That Meg Foster. Uh, Meg Foster. Yes. So no, it's a it's a solid little movie. But yeah, he got away in the first one. So, and they didn't have the internet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> that's can, how it works. <laughs> he can he can do it again. So yeah, exactly. Because he's he's Terry O'Quinn, you know, bald white guys they blend in. Oh, so. he puts on some good. He puts on some good fake beards. Oh, yeah. good. So it's about. Mm-hmm. So, oh he's, my so, gosh, he's, so yeah. he's putting on fake. So he has like costumes and stuff. He's a he's a little scam. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the third one, he's a completely different guy. So hey, he gets plastic surgery. There you go. He got he he found the face off machine. Yeah. Good for him. Good for stepfather. <laughs> uh, uh, any other thoughts on uh, on leather on Texas Three? All right. Well, now things get interesting. <laughs> we get to yeah. that's one way to put it. <laughs> now we get to Texas Chainsaw Massacre: colon, The Next Generation. <laughs> this came out. Well, this film was made in 1995. When it came out, that's a fun discussion to have elsewhere. Perhaps uh, this film is directed by Kim Hankel, who was, of course, the co-creator on the first uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, for a variety of reasons, this movie ended up making. About 185,000 total. Um, The story here, a group of teenagers get into a car crash in the Texas woods on prom night and then wander into an old farmhouse that is home to Leatherface and his insane family of cannibalistic psychopaths. It's fun that you add psychopaths to the end of cannibalistic because what else was that word going to be? This time around, Leatherface is played by Robert Jacks. And of course, this film stars Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, two actors that famously love talking about this film. Who the hell is Renee Zellweger? (laughs) This is a movie that exists. That is for sure. Somehow I I saw this movie before I saw Leatherface, which is a joke. I don't know how I was able to do that, but that's what happened for me. Sorry. Uh, I'll I'll speak up first on this one. I go ahead. Defend it. This it's not. Yeah, defend it. This is not a good movie. I don't think it's your it's, favorite movie. I don't think it's don't the lie. worst. I don't think it's the worst one in this series, but it's not a good movie by any stretch. Um, or Caroline mm-hmm. Williams, who plays Stretch. It's not a good movie by any of those factors. Uh, it's it's bad. It's a very bad movie. 
I will say it li- it livens up when Matthew McConaughey gets on screen. Uh, what that's because of mm-hmm. McConaughey's inherent charisma or the fact that his character is bug nuts crazy and has, if we thought Squeaky Leg was fun in that movie, he has Cyborg Leg. Um, he's all in. And he's, this, all, like, he's, this, he's like, he's never going to act in a movie again. This is his shot. Like, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he certainly goes for it. I got so scared on the second because there's like a tiny monster on your screen, Brandon. That's like, oh, um, that's Madeline. <laughs> that's like, what's happening? It's in the house with you. Um, but, um, I mean, it very much follows the format of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. It puts a bunch of kids in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. They meet crazy people. Crazy people do shit to them. It's not well done. It is a bad movie. And it incorporates, it, it pulls, it tries to pull off a, uh, it, it, it predates, I guess, the curse of Michael Myers of being like, what if cults were involved? Um, so Everybody was, was explaining the evil in this era. Freddy, Jason, they, uh, like, the Pinhead. Mm-hmm. There was all the backstory was yeah. the rage. And that's, yeah, at, that, that's honestly, that's the point where, because I rewatched this, I haven't seen this in a while. So I rewatched this again. And it's like, up until that point, I wouldn't say I was liking it, but I was like, I, I get what they're trying to do here. I'm just, it's just a shame it's not better. But then it introduces that aspect. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so we've just gone off the deep end now. And it's just, <laughs> it got, it became really bad. <laughs> and then it ends in a way where it's like, the helpful plane just came in and like there's just like weird questions that I was left with and there's not a lot to write home about beyond you know some of the very very basic stuff that you get in here but uh Yancey how about you where are you with the next generation it just shows you how shab how sort of shabby this series reputation had already gotten in people's minds that I went to see this with my with a friend of mine and and the, the t- I think I told you guys the ticket stub said uh chainsaw two and then the marquee said chainsaw three <laughs> but it was actually this return or text chainsaw the next generation yeah yeah i mean it's a it's a very much a war with itself i think it has some interesting ideas actually if, if we're actually if we're actually going to weigh the level of the ideas that they introduce in terms of mythology and backstory there's a little more meat here than there is in the thorn thing it's an interesting idea to say that there's this Sort of interesting to say there's the shadowy rich people who are funding this these crazy family in order to prompt their victims to a level of transcendence of just sheer horror where they transcend life or whatever it is. That's kind of interesting, but if it did anything with it, it would be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> but... I'm, just, I'm crediting it just for that. It's a notoriously rough movie, and McConaughey, who can be good it, when he's bad, is just awful. And I think he gives the same performance in the movie called uh, Larger Than Life with Bill Murray. Uh, where he's uh, like he, he's like the crazy guy who's chasing Bill Murray around. And went back and filmed more because the audience reaction was so strong. But he gives man, the, the same kind of bug-eyed loony. The residuals check just like just just like lit up with excitement that someone mentioned larger than life just now. <laughs> yeah, well that, that that that's what it runs. And you know they do they do a thing in this one where they where they feminize and they make Leatherface sort of more openly sort of a transvestite the whole time, which is it makes him sort of a strange thing to deal with. You know. It's, it's not uninteresting, but it is not good. That's that, that's a very <laughs> kind way of putting it. Brandon, you legendarily love this movie, right? That's that's where your mo is on this. One. This is the best one. Everyone <laughs> knows that. Uh, you know what's funny is I was hyped for this movie back in the '90s because it was a movie they weren't letting us see. So immediately, mm-hmm. I was like, I have to like Fangoria kept writing about it, like, oh, this is probably keep. They can't put it out. I'm like, why can't they put it out? Other than 
And my mind wasn't thinking it's shitty. It was a lot of horror films. <laughs> Want to like, hide it from us fans? They don't like yeah. us fans for liking this. Let us see this. Let us see this. And then I saw it. And I was like, well, "What the hell was that?" Um, like it felt like a Texas Chainsaw Man. And then that guy with the the weird skin and stuff and comes in and McConaughey's all over the place and just wow. Uh, and in the years have come, I, I've you know I've sickly enough revisited this more times than films I should be revisiting because okay. this comes across my plate every I'm going through Texas Chainsaw so here comes this one uh oh there's a new shop factory blu-ray got to review it and it's I want it to be this campy like MST3K movie and all and it's not even that like it's tough it's it feels like an eternity and it's only is it 90 minutes <laughs> it's not even 90 minutes i don't think i and, don't think i think and like all eight these, minutes all these movies have insanity too oh, they sorry. have they have stuff going on and like the table but i'm like stop shouting everyone quit screaming <laughs> yeah. i am so oh and renee zellweger is not good in this um and mcconaughey at least is like okay there's okay this is funny this is this is this is crazy this is oh, and then there's like okay i've had enough of this um because he's just like blah, blah, doing all this shit. Oh, oh god! Like, oh my god! Did he like? I wonder if he got his his ego seeped out on here somehow. Like, do have me doing this? Have me, and there's like, yeah, more of that, Matthew. I don't, I don't know. It's because they want him, they want him to be the new Chop Top. Like that's the whole. Yeah. They're trying to make him. Yeah, work. it's cheaply <laughs> shot. It's it it looks and sounds bad. And not pleasing and the, the worst thing it, it gives the middle finger to the other two sequels right at the start like yeah. did you like yeah. those well you like because yeah. those didn't really they're bullshit and then this becomes that's the greatest offense you can make if you're gonna dog something you better at least be at its level what's I mean, up what's kim henkel's thing with this movie like was there a because he's obviously he's not involved in the previous two sequels it was this made as a not necessarily out of spite but was it, made? it was it was there was okay. some spite to it yeah like he didn't like he wasn't involved in the other ones he didn't think that's where it should have gone and this was the right the right place to go like he goes with, <laughs> i don't know it, it's bad and the funny thing is like this movie's got this notorious like i don't think matthew and renee should be embarrassed about it i'd love Ooh. to hear him talk yeah. about it stuff like that but apparently it's still a big issue I, I could share this has been a few years now, so I can share this story uh, publicly. You got the I, hot goss. I, I don't care. I don't care. Well, so it was like three or four, four years ago. Uh, Scream Factory came out with the Blu-ray for um, Next, Generation. Next Generation. I reviewed it, put my review up, went to bed. Uh, apparently, I was the first person to have a review up and somebody contacted me the next morning about it and had me. Like I had to call in, be late for work for this because I well, I was morbid curiosity, but they wanted to make sure that Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger, any image of their face or body or anything like, or like that clearly was them did not appear in any bonus features, <gasps> any of them. And I had to go through and I found his knee was in one. And she, when I got to the last featurette interview or whatever there's a picture in the street and it's her back to it and i'm like oh god don't turn around don't turn around don't and she turns around and it faded to black and i took i had to take screen caps i had to send them and these people were contacting me on behalf of matthew and Mm. and her people 
and it almost wow. almost got delayed but they were they decided to be okay with it but that release almost got delayed because it's, it's so petty like that and the person i talked to said that they don't believe that matthew and renee really give a shit but people with them like their chain of like people that serve them or help them is so yeah. far out of touch that they yeah. think this is still a problem and they need to protect them from it and hmm. they are the ones that go after it not those two personally can't imagine they could care but that's, that's how that's the that's the lasting ripple effects from this just a fucking horror movie they did when they were big mm-hmm. that's really going beyond the edge of reason some would say <laughs> jimmy what are your thoughts on the next generation uh you know i'll tell you a story when i was watching this one time um I was, I had on and uh, my wife comes in and she's like, what the fuck? Why is Renee Zellweger laughing so much? It was literally when she's screaming because she's like, (laughs) it's like, wow, it it is a really bad performance on, on, I mean, it's, it's wow. Both of them, but I did enjoy Matthew McConaughey proceed to running over that guy repeatedly that was very entertaining um it's bad it's really 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 bad like there's it's uh, the the whole trying to add it you know look we all the friday the 13th halloween uh nightmare on elm street they all tried to add in layers and this the layer to this is just so bad this this secret reveal and the, the, all this you know i it just it's one of the and it's not it's not really an entertaining movie i think brandon you said it. it's it's kind of dull it's not really fun it's just kind of like okay i just sat through uh 90 um uh, yeah 97 minutes of a oh no sorry uh 87 minutes of a really bad film that's really that's it. i i'm really not a fan of this one at all so, Abe, of the four we've talked about so far, are you like, are you ramping up to watch this? One? I, as you guys were talking, Jimmy, I watched that opening to Texas Chainsaw Two. Pretty crazy, man. <laughs> I, I told you, <laughs> really, really told laid you. it on thick with like the yuppie stuff. And then Brandon, yes, how you were saying like the eighties are full of blow. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy with the gun and like those those uh, hologram eyeglasses was like. No, that guy is high. <laughs> so. Bright lights and big gym, jimmies. That's what they. But but it seems exactly. like a fun. And as you guys are talking more, I'm watching more scenes from the other movies. Yeah, this this other one. I agree, with Aaron. When you're like, then a plane comes in, and I was like, I also was wondering, how does this plane arrive? <laughs> so yes, uh, no, I think Texas Two. You guys are selling me on Texas Three. Oh, yeah. Maybe not so much. <laughs> and then uh, obviously uh, the most recent one, Next Generation. You know, not going to go see it. So I don't think we need to expound too much more energy on the next generation. So I think we can move on now. Uh, Please. So, okay, well, let's do that. Here we so now we wait a little, almost a decade to get to the remake, Texas, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. (laughs) To be clear. One word. Yeah, to be clear, the first one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This one is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, for 2003. This is from director Marcus Nispel, who I believe was a music video director. This is his, is this his feature debut film, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, this is it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, I believe, a trend for Platinum Dunes. They hired a lot of music video directors to make their uh, 
Because oh, their head honcho is a music video director. So. Makes sense. And Michael um, Bay just <laughs> loves the hardcore stuff. Yep. Um, but this film uh, had a strong opening week. It had a great trailer. It had a great, like, sell this. one of the best trailers trailer. of this. Yeah. For oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Um, it came out in It was an October release. So, you know, it had everything going for it. It made $107 million worldwide, which for this series is, I believe, a franchise high, if I'm not mistaken. Um, <laughs> I think so. Well. The uh, log line here, after picking up a traumatized young hitchhiker, five friends find themselves stalked and hunted by a deformed chainsaw-wielding loon and his family of equally psychotic killers. This time, Leatherface is played by uh, Chip Shrek from Batman Returns himself, Andrew Bionierski. The film stars a number of people. We have Arlie Ermey, Jessica Biel, Jonathan Tucker, Mike Vogel, Eric Balfour, and of course, John Lovera returns as the narrator. Let's get into the the remake here. Jimmy, where where are you with the remake for Texas Chainsaw? You know, this was one of those because we were seeing a lot of the Platinum Dunes and and they're not all good, to say the least. Uh, But I actually really like this one. I really like this one. I think that it was um, well cast. I really like... Because you look, you have uh, Jennifer... Jennifer. Jessica Bill. You have Mike Vogel. You have Eric Balfour. You have some good performances here. Our... Lee Emery. Uh, I really like this movie. In fact, I, I think it was, if you're going to do a remake and you're going to stay kind of true to the nature of the first film in a way, you've got to do something so it's actually scary. And they, and Leatherface is really ooh, traumatizing in this. Jessica Biel is great. She's fantastic. I like that there's, I, I like the kills and I like the, I, I just think this is a really, it's funny because I feel like this movie gets um, crapped on a lot and I, I think it's far better than people give it credit for I think it's a one of the better horror remakes out there I, and that that I mean look when you figure out some you know the, the, the girl the hitchhiker in this one wow that thing is that is one of the coolest shots in, in, the, in the franchise seriously <laughs> Yancey how about you where are you with the remake I like it a lot I think it's I think it's probably the third best movie in the franchise I think at yeah. the time, I remember when it was coming out, I was like, what is this? They're doing a remake and it's not the same. I, I didn't even know what the, the idea that they would remake it instead of doing part five was a very strange thing at the time. Um, but I really liked what they did in terms of if you've seen it, the original 100 times, they, they shuffle it around so it's a different set of family members. I think Arlie Ermey is, is terrific and is one of the more disgusting characters in this series. I think, uh, yes, there's an element of early 2000s playing 70s dress up, but as long as you can keep the fear out of your mind that someone's going to think this one can replace the original, I think in its own right, it's a classy, well-written, uh, fun, scary, well-shot movie. I, it, you know, it inspired a lot of terrible other remakes that came <laughs> around. But I think that one was a fun little sort of surprise treat, sort of akin to the Gus Van Zandt Psycho, but in a different way you know I, I i've always really liked it brandon uh well it, like you said it did what psycho couldn't do it it resonated with people it was a success and then opened the floodgates where if you can remake that you can remake anything so texas chainsaw yeah. opens the door for the rest of the decade it also i think it it inspires the kind of gore that like saw and all of them would open their minds to as well um i i I'm I'm fine with this one. Um, I did. I remember I went with a rather large group. I was in college, a rather large group to see this on opening night. And you I was all, quite, you were all Eric Balfour fans, right? Uh, yeah, EB for life. Um, 
but we like I like everybody was really high on this movie, and I left somewhat confused. I'm like, where's the cannibalism in this movie? There, there was no like, I that was one of the things that always with Texas Chainsaw Master V was there was cannibalism. That was what they were doing, and this was just a family that's nasty to people. Like that's what they did. But they do. Arlie Ermy is the best thing since Chop Top to be added to the series. Uh, the scene with the the scene like the hitchhike. There's there's too much of this movie to respect uh on a technical level and stuff for me to just fully dismiss it like i, I don't think i'd ever just fully dismiss it um because like that scene with the hitchhiker at the beginning the scene where uh, arlie ermy asks him to recreate what's going on with the hitchhiker it's it's got a spooky feel to it with those you know, just like people that are probably QAnon supporters nowadays um just ah, like the old guy at the house, just unsettling, untrusting <laughs> things and situation. I like the the situation they put them in where they want to get the hell every time they want to get the hell out of there. One of them's missing or something and they like, you just can't leave them. Um, <laughs> and it's uh, it's a it's a nifty take. It's a nice horror movie using elements of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And I, I think overall it, it does work. It's um probably a good gateway horror movie for younger crowds stuff like that um i just i really think at some to some degree it fundamentally fundamentally doesn't understand the original and decides it's good they're good enough to remake it and that's kind of what i feel there's something missing from this movie at its core um that it needs that would set it higher with me but otherwise it's a fine exercise in horror thrills entertainment so with a leather face (laughs) thanks and incorporating Blair Witch stuff, which was popular at the time. I know two of you already know that I this is where I diverge because I'm not a fan of this movie. Um, it's not that I dis... It's not like I don't respect the effort that goes into it. Obviously, there's a lot of great technical qualities to the film. And you have Daniel Pearl coming back in as the same, the same cinematographer from the first film, which is a bit mind-boggling to be there. <laughs> but it's like, all right. Um, I... It's hard for me to like explain what exactly it is that goes wrong here. It's just maybe it's just a matter of it just feels like a lot of look at me. Like it's really calling attention to itself in a way that it just doesn't agree with me uh, as far as getting entertained by this. I have no doubt that like Arlie Ermey's amazing in this film. Like he's certainly an awful character and he's playing that really well and he's making things miserable for the you know the cast members involved. I <laughs> It's not for a lack of like thrills or whatnot. Like it's there. The stuff, like everything is in place. But the whole Platinum Dunes thing in general, I don't know. There's just like a sheen to it that just, it just, I don't seem to agree with it, which applies to many of their attempts at things to begin with. Um, but I've, I've tried to, I've, cause I've seen this a few times now and I just, I don't seem to find a way to warm to it. And I'm not entirely sure why. I don't think it's, necessarily because i hold the original in such high esteem there's other remakes of movies that i like that doesn't defy the fact that i like the you know the original version that much more i just i I can't seem to find myself like mentally agreeing with this movie (laughs) like so it's just i don't know it's just it never really has clicked for me you'll live 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not too concerned with whether or not I like this Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Well, I mean, originally with the, the Platinum Dunes thing was kind of like the, the Amblin thing in the 80s. They were, they were films that looked like Michael Bay could have done them, but he wasn't like he, he was a producer. So they felt like mm-hmm. ext- extensions of his uh, style, his his personality. And I like Bay. Like, I don't have a problem with Bay. Like, I mean, like whether or not some of his films are hit or miss fine but like him as a you know if, if you're gonna make horror versions of bay movies cool mm-hmm. like I, I can go go crazy with it fortunately i mm-hmm. haven't I haven't, I haven't liked any of them so i guess it's not really working for me that well but i mean the the conceptually <laughs> i'm said, not against you it said the, the hitcher was bad ass that's what you said <laughs> Yeah, you said that was your favorite movie, dude. The Hitcher remake and The Fog. I know you love that one too. Is that Wait, was that Platinum Dunes? No, no, I no so. they're not. That's not Platinum. No, that's, sorry, that's just sorry. straight. Shit. You scared me, that sir. Yeah, that that is the worst remake. Oh my god, sorry. I mean, the Go fr- I like like I like the Friday one more than I like this one. Like the Friday one works for Boy. me. I, maybe because there's just like there's a level of esteem associated with this that I just don't have for Friday. As far as like, what do you top with this? That's not me saying the Friday remake is the best of of the friday movies it's just like ah it, it, it feels like that agrees more with that franchise more than this agrees with this franchise that said we've just trashed the previous film and it's not like the road ahead of us is all that great either so i don't know but other thoughts on uh, on on 2003 i, I think it has the bay i think the, especially around that time in in movies there was this the habit of making bad guys that were just leering and awful and put the, they stick their face in the camera. And you just want you as an audience member, you wanted to reach in and get revenge on this camera, on this character. Mm-hmm. But then the movies would always do this sort of moral thing at the end where the, the, the hero can't actually take out your feelings on the character when it's time to get revenge in this movie, when Jessica Beale runs over early army four or five times. Oh yeah. It's, it's, such a great release it, it just i was cheering and i was because so, he deserves it he's such a scumbag and it just feels it's a monstrous thing to say but it was such a wonderful bloody relief to see a movie that really went all the way with letting the main character get some revenge mm-hmm. but that's it <laughs> it's yeah. a, you can't go too deep into it it's not a movie of ideas like the original well two. that's the other thing too i think part of it's just because it's such an empty film for me as far as it doesn't have anything it's trying to say beyond again look at me look at how spy- stylish i am and it's got it's got the work with arlie ermy and it's got a grueling scary it's got grueling scary stuff going on that's involving you mm-hmm. don't know you don't know how it's going to mirror the original. I, I just think it works on that level. I know? do like that idea where they they aren't giving you Sally again and right. and all. Yeah, and I don't, all I'm not them. saying I need a so replication. It, it, yeah, but no, no, but that's one thing I think a lot of them didn't take from this is sure that just because you can get the same kind of story, but also not have those same expectations with things. Uh, whereas you know you go to remake, you go to. Um, Halloween, it's Laurie, Michael, Dr. Loomis again. You go to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, there's Nancy again. Well, there's, there's something all, that's yeah. something I like about the Evil Dead franchise, the Evil Dead remake. I do. And I, yeah, the, the fact yeah. that it doesn't go the same. There's not another Ash. Right. It new yeah. characters. It gives you a different storyline, but it has the exact tone in mind. It's, I mean, regardless of the latest and greatest of makeup effects or what have you, it's still replicating the tone that Raimi was going for in that original. That's why. Well, I think the family's even the Hewitts here, not the Sawyers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, big change. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was a big change. Well, we can get more on this route as we get into the next film. Then um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre: colon, The Beginning. Mm. 
This came out in 2006. We got a three-year gap there. Uh, made about half the first one, 51 million worldwide. Um, I think domestic, the, for the 2003 did like 80, if I'm not mistaken. The second, the second one, this prequel, uh, did like 30 and change, I believe. So it was a downturn uh, by comparison. That said, these films are, I imagine, relatively cheap to make. Uh, the director is Jonathan Liebs- Liebsman, who's gone on to do Battle LA, the first movie of Out Now, Fair and Abe, of course. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. The plot here, uh, before being sent to serve in Vietnam, two brothers and their girlfriends take one last road trip. But when they get into an accident, a terrifying experience will take them to secluded house of horrors with a chainsaw wielding killer. <laughs> Leatherface is once again played by Biernarski. And we once again have Arlie Ermy, and this time we have Jordana Brewster, Matt Bomer, Doira Bird, Baird, and Lee Turgeson, among others. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with this one because, by contrast to what I just said about the remake, I like beginning. <laughs> the beginning works for me. Maybe it's because there's not a standard here. It's not something I'm measuring it up to anything. It's just like, okay, we're doing another one in this continuity, but I have nothing else to measure it up to except, I guess, the previous film. So you get more of Arlie Ermey being, you know, what he did in that first movie and a new set of characters that have nothing going on here. And there's more of the family, the, the Hewitt family, and they're, what they're doing, and what they're up to and the stuff that we kind of didn't really see in the first movie. I, I'm not going to say it's amazing, but and the, like the biggest problem I think it has is all the things that become iconic about Texas Chainsaw Massacre seem to happen in one day which is like hmm, impressive but it just worked for me like i just i was into the vibe of this film more like it's i i guess it has to be like an expectation thing to an extent or like what i what i'm taking mm. away from this and what it you know it's it's lacking that like tie to the original so it's just like it's just mar- marking its own path but it it clicked for me in a way so <laughs> It's yeah, that's where I am with it, Jimmy. How about you? You're laughing at me, obviously. Hey, I, 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 this one's pretty generic to me. It was, it was, um, you know, and I, I was debating whether I wanted to bring this up with this movie or with the last, uh, very last film. But it, it impresses the hell out of me the kind of actors that have been involved in this. <laughs> like, freaking, like this one, you have Jordana Brewster. She's a pretty, you know, she's a good actress. She's, she's got a decent career. You got Matt Bummer, Diara Bird. You got Arlie Emery. You got Jessica Biel in the last one. You got freaking Dennis Hopper. You got, and, and, and we got some bigger names, like huge names with that are going, do you want to do a Texas Chancel sequel? Well, sure, Matthew McConaughey, Rita Zellweger, we'll do the worst one. Sure, we'll have fun. Um, it's it's just such a bit. This movie, I think it's okay. It's it's watchable. It's it doesn't really. It's almost it's pretty forgettable. I, I do like moments. There there's stuff in it. I like the cast. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I I think the last one's a little better. Yancy. Um, whatever spirit of uh, experimentation and excitement that went into making the, the first the, the remake is just absent in this this one. This one is the worst of the batch for me. I saw this with our friend Peter Paris at a screening before it came out, and I don't know if you've ever seen me so angry. I stormed out <laughs> wearing in person at the time. I was writing reviews. I, I worked at E, 
and I was writing reviews on the side at E for the internal newsletter just to be seen by employees of E. And I oh. wrote a review, wrote a review of this that was so savage that the, the talent executive was a sweet woman had to email me and, email me and say, Yancey, I know these are internal, but you cannot go that negative on a movie. We're E, we're not like, we're not digging, you know, we're not digging in. I know you can't go that negative. But We're E, Yancey. We smile it up here. I'm really repulsed by the movie and any attempt it makes to to make them anti-heroes or to give Leatherface a backstory. This one really is an abomination. It doesn't make them anti-heroes, I wouldn't say. Well, just just the, the backstory and giving Leatherface motivation, the slightest hint of motivation you give to Leatherface. I, I, You're I, saying is, this is the worst one when you have a movie called Leatherface that's all about backstory? That one is not even... That one feels like a script someone else wrote that just happens to be retro, you know, retroactively stamped into this series. That's a different series. And that's so okay, far removed fine. from... <laughs> this is the worst... For me, this is the worst one, and it's a terrible period of filmmaking, and it's just... It's awful. Brandon? In contrast to me, this is one of the best ones. I, <laughs> I, I seriously, wow. like, I was, I was surprised. I wasn't going to go see this in the theater. I, I didn't see it in the theater. But when I worked in quality control and stuff, I got a subtitled disc uh, before this one came out. I was like, yeah, well, I'm curious. Pop it in. Found myself really enjoying it. It added the elements I thought were missing from the remake that uh, they seem to understand the Vietnam stuff. It's a little bit more on the nose than what Toby Hooper ever produced but i would i thought the group of characters they brought did not deserve any of this shit happening to them which was kind of rare in a horror movie where all four of them i was really on board their draft dodger you know draft dodger guy they have their own little conflict i i do admit there's some clunkiness this rome built in a day stuff but honestly if you if you didn't watch the remake and you watch this one you wouldn't know that it, it plays naturally it would just be all this shit that happened to these people. You wouldn't know those things from that one. So it kind of, none of it, it only feels forced because you saw that other one. I don't think it plays like right. that here. I mean, it's it's not perfect, uh, you know, the backstory stuff, whatever, but I really like what's going on with our group with Jordana Brewster. The Arlie Ermey doing what he's there for again and the the torture of them looking like a Vietnam camp, everything playing crazy again at the table. Um, it yeah. had it felt like it understood mm-hmm. the original movie a lot more than many of these we've watched, and it was just a bit more terrifying. And I did not expect any. Of that. I mean, you even got Jordana Brewster coming up covered in blood. You know, some Apocalypse Now references and stuff. I I thought Lieb, I thought Lieberman, after seeing this movie, was going to wind up a more talented filmmaker than what we got. He he's not. But I really saw promise with this movie. I I really was surprised. I've been surprised, and I've continued to go back to this movie, and I still enjoy it. So I I guess I'm contrast to Yancey, but this one really felt like the remake I would have wanted the first time out than than that. And I I think it, it just worked for me. I do think it's there's a, a bullshit ending to it because I don't know how she wouldn't have noticed the hulking guy jumping in the back of the fucking car, <laughs> but. I, to me, it was fine. It's earned. We never see these people again. That's whatever. Um, and it puts the prompt stuff at the end, like it's a early Daniel Craig James Bond movie gun barrel sequence. But yeah, I, I this is a, like I told Jimmy, there's going to be one I like more than everybody else. I'm sure of it, and it's it's this one. So I like it. Yeah, 
I I do like it. It's certainly very gri- it's more grisly than the remake is too. Like it doesn't shy mm-hmm. away from the just too far from, one degree from the red stuff. I can't explain it. Just it just turns my stomach. That's fair. I mean, you can't. I mean, it's not like yeah, it's for not different a very reasons. Popular but the, movie we're arguing over here, but yeah, for different reasons. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's 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 me with the remake. It's like it's just yeah. there's just something there that I just can't seem to click with it on. Yeah, this one has movie, like movie can't be not good because of what the title is. If the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake was called the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Five, it can't change the quality of the movie. But it sounds like you'd give it a better review if it was called Texas Chainsaw. Massacre. I don't know because I don't like I don't really like the characters in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They just the idea like they're going to a concert and they get this stuff out like it's smuggling just, pot. The deals are yeah. very likable. The nervous guy, yeah. Balfour gets off in ten minutes. I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, Eric Balfour's death's pretty depressing in that one. That one actually, that's pretty. I, I'm not saying I'm not empathetic yeah. for the horrible situation they're caught in, but if like you like watching this movie, I just I don't know. I just I just felt like I was tied more into what's going on here versus that one. Maybe mm-hmm. just I think. I think there's weight to what's going on in this one, and it's kind of more a little more hollow in the other. One. I'm not saying the characters good, suck, but it. like in terms of what the Texas Chainsaw Massacre brings and what it it is at its core. It's missing from that one, and here with this one, this one, to me, understood what Hooper was doing a bit more. Fair enough. Now we're going to some of the best stuff. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking of this like horrible review that Yancey wrote at E, and people getting mad at him about it. Like that's really funny. We still have to do red carpet, Yancey. We cannot publish this. Do you think Matt Bomer wants to talk to us if we have this running around in our newsletters, Matt Bomer? Uh, all right. Look. <laughs> That's fun. We got two more. We're getting there. <laughs> We're doing this. Not bad. Two more. Uh, next up, we have. Yeah, we're getting there. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how far off the rails we get with this one. Texas Chainsaw 3D. Uh, this is from 2013. It's directed by John Lucid Hop. It made 47 million worldwide. That 3D bump in the January release, it gave it a, I believe it had like a huge opening. Or not a huge, but like it had a significant opening weekend followed by a significant drop. Um, as is par for the course for this kind of thing. Um, the log light here. Mm. A young woman travels to Texas to collect her in- inheritance. Little does she know that an encounter with a chainsaw-wielding killer is part of the reward. <laughs> I love chainsaw-wielding factors into every single one of these. <laughs> you, you wield one. You don't hold one. Yeah, holdings. You don't brandish. You don't brandish. You Hold- wield. Holdings for buying at Home Depot. Wieldings for pros. Um, Leatherface this time is played by Dan exactly. Uh, we this time we have Alexandra Daddario, Scott Scott Eastwood, Trey Songs, Tanya again, Roland, again, and Tom and Tom. They, I mean, they get decent people in the movie. <laughs> My God, Jesus! I know Trey Songs. Um, yes, but um, my favorite Texas Chainsaw 3D. What can we say about this movie, Brandon? I think you have some appreciation for things going on here. What do you think of Texas Chainsaw 3D? You know, in an odd way, it's kind of comforting that uh, movies this stupid can still get made. Like, right? Like, we are so algorithm based and stuff nowadays. A safe movie. This is not a safe movie, but it's not a good one. Um, this starts a trend of, hey, let's just make a direct sequel. Guess who's doing it now? Halloween. Um, I did not like the first time I saw this movie. I was like, wow, that just sucked. Um, I've come to see it as just a, a dumb 
if I'm going to appreciate dumb like 80s slashers like I do, I can find some in this one. There, There's a hilarious scene where she jumps on a Ferris wheel to escape Leatherface. I don't know if you know this, but the Ferris wheel winds up back where it started when it's running. And it, it's got a time gap that doesn't understand itself. It, oh, my God. It, there, love Alexander mm. Daddario. Um, it's got a fundamental, like, it's got this wicked, like, fan fiction idea of, like, I'm supposed to root for Leatherface in this thing. And it brings us, it, in, it, it, inter- does it, does it earn that at all? No, <laughs> it introduces this Hatfields McCoys, Texas thing going on. It's like, no, it's, this time I watched it, I watched it around, I was like, when the opening starts, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess someone would call the cops, right? Go down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's this other crazy family. It's like, oh, my God. And her parents, I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm lost. This and its greatest crime, maybe, is that it's not the worst. Like, you're so you're bad, but you're it's, not that. It, it wins that prize. <laughs> mm. uh, it's wow. Um, I've but it's it's dopey i guess you could in, if you could riff on it easily and have some laughs watching it that's its appeal but wow Yancy, where are you with texas chainsaw 3d did you see <laughs> this at home or did you see this in theater it's not at home okay. um i the one thing i don't care about at all is when the se- when the new one tells me to forget all the other ones i could care, especially in a horror series i could care less for me anything goes if you think you've got a story to tell me that involves me forgetting the last five sequels just do it because it's better than just seeing another rehash i think mm. my impression of this movie is that it just barely passed muster with me probably because i hadn't seen Dario before and she's sort of a fresh presence and i like the silly if peter paris was here he'd fight for that i like the twist of, 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 of in this case of making leatherface her big her puppy dog or whatever it, it, you know at this point it's so far removed from anything dangerous it might have been present in the franchise I, I i just thought it was sort of fun and passable and you know the salted earth i salted the earth so bad on the one before i hated the previous one so very much that really anything would have been a an improvement so i'm fine with it i thought it was okay jimmy o where are you you know it's funny i actually covered this film i did the junket for it um <laughs> i i didn't hate this i i think this was a <laughs> I'm not saying it's a good film. This is what I feel like this is what next generation wanted to be. This was more like, it's not a good movie. It's not a, it's not one I'm like, Oh my God, no, you should see like Alexandra Daddario. Again, I like the cast. Um, I, I gave it props for trying something new. And going in the little slight di- direction, I-, I thought it worked better slightly in this film and in the next generation. And I didn't feel like Alexandra Daddario was laughing every time she was screaming or any of the other characters. Uh, it's fine. It's if you're in the mood for a dumb Texas Chainsaw movie, I you you could probably lesser than the last two. But it's it's all right. It's all right you know stupid but fun i'm i'm not into um, <laughs> in a, into being in a dumb mood for this movie because i just i don't 
I have a lot of disdain <laughs> for this film. This one just doesn't do anything for me. I, I get where Brandon comes from as far as there are areas of this film where it becomes so ludicrous that it's you almost have to admire the fact that it's this dopey that Ferris that that amusement park scene is pretty terrific in itself like that's a short film that's easy to watch but a lot of this movie is not just bad but just really frustrating I did see this in theaters by the way in 3D same Uh, I Mm. be like at first like I was bewildered in the first few minutes because you have the police coming to the Sawyer house and you have grandpa and uh the father's the, you know the, the father who's played by bill mosley uh, you have um uh gunnar hansen came in as one of the stories it's like there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of cameos here going on for this for this franchise which is impressive in itself um but then immediately and it's not like i try to let my brain do this but i'm like well it's 1974 <laughs> and we're supposed to be introduced to like a high school college age woman and it's 2013 i i don't understand <laughs> yeah <laughs> what's it's going on off. <laughs> she would be like 45 i yeah. think by like yeah yeah by that math alone it's so i mm, i'm yeah. not saying like now obviously i can't let that like ruin the rest of the film because it's like that's a small weird quirk if that's the best way that's the lightest way to put it but i just don't think the rest of the movie's good i i don't beyond like leatherface comes and kills people that's fine but in terms of like the this hatfield mccoy story like you mentioned like that rivalry that comes in i just keep thinking like why would there be a like they murdered everyone except like one per like why would this be a standing feud i don't why does that why does the fam why does the sawyer family have a a lawyer what is he even doing? Like, what is he on retainer wow. for them? There's, there's just all this like weird backstory. Yeah, you want to talk about backstory? Weird like backstory stuff that like tries to define who these people are in some way. And yes, tried to bring Leatherface like after witnessing him murder innocent people and then be like, it's okay though because he has relatives. What? I don't like none of this. Like, does anything for me? Uh, there's i believe some like first person stuff involving a cop at one point that i think is really badly done there's just a lot of oh, things the there. cell phone facetime <laughs> the cell phone facetime, FaceTime thing, thing yeah with like live he, commentary from the sheriff and he shoots an innocent person there's just there's a lot here that i just are you are you a what's a what i'm a sawyer mm-hmm. there's there's, uh. a, there's a lot here that uh, i just, it's so dumb i, I was <laughs> not fond of and yeah, revisiting it D- didn't change my mind one bit <laughs> this is... who thought they were making like something great when they were making this like i wonder what the attitude was, was like this is silly let's have some fun or like we're making we're making a really good sequel to this because i mean technically there's like no art in how this this is like it, it's funny how you go from the slick polish platinum dunes ones that go over the top trying to make it look like this sheen production to this it's, it, there's a lot of shot for 3D aspects. There's a lot of right. like, look at this, look at look at the chainsaw go through a coffin, yeah. which is like that's a fun novelty for you know a trailer, but I mean it's just it, it's not helping. Mm-hmm. You know <laughs> that Ferris wheel, <laughs> <laughs> and of course that what's the what's the line? What's the line she has? Do your thing, cause yep. <laughs> it's He's an bad. odd it's a very odd film that's that's a perfect description it's not a good film it's an odd film all right <laughs> let's um 
let's get to this next one. So we wait a few years. And we get to Leatherface, which finally came out in 2017. <laughs> this is a prequel to the. So to be clear, <laughs> to be clear, 3D was a direct sequel that then took a giant time jump uh, to the original. The Leatherface is a prequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre that incorporates the like the general plot line that that runs into 3D. It's a direct prequel. <laughs> Thank you. It's mm-hmm. So it's within the same continuity as the previous film. Um, it's directed by Julia Murray and Alexandra Bastillo. It made a whopping 1.4 million worldwide. The logline here: wow. A teenage Leatherface escapes from a mental hospital with three other inmates, kidnapping a young nurse and taking her on a road trip from hell while being pursued by a lawman out for revenge. It's a story I always wanted. Leatherface this time. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler to say it's played by Sam Strike because we're not technically supposed to know who Leatherface is for a good portion of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the film, once again... Jimmy, we're supposed to profile one of the kids and think it's him. To to your credit, Jimmy, the film does feature Lily Taylor and Stephen Dorff as part of the cast. Again! <laughs> yeah, but these uh, aren't... This isn't like getting stars. them in their prime. No, yeah. <laughs> Um, what was the deal? What, what was well, the, Lily Taylor, though? What was the deal with the release of this film? Was it like supposed to come out and then got shelled for like a year? Yeah, they yep. yeah. didn't. I don't think it tested well, or I don't know. Or series. <laughs> and it, this series has a lot of like weird bumps in the Every road. As far as getting problem with the MPA, yeah, it's really yeah. It, I mean, it's. It, it gets scapegoated because it has chains on the time in massacre. I mean, it's, you know, it's a pretty obvious target for like, how do we, you know, how do we get rid of this thing? How do we, how do we, how do we protect our, our poor children's eyes from the latest Texas chainsaw massacre movie? Uh, but yeah, it went like, it was a on demand. It was um, direct TV, right? It was a direct TV release in addition to being oh, like yeah. very mild theatrical release. Um, so yeah, uh, this movie, Leatherface, Yancy, let's start with you. Where are you, where are you on Leatherface? Oh, it's not. It's hard. It's just I. I tried. To, I watched it twice, and both times my mind just kept drifting. It's just. It's like if the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first one, is like this lush jungle of a culture that was really feeding off itself and giving us back these amazing things, and this Leatherface movie is just like wandering out in the desert of just franchise fuckery weirdness of this. You could make this about Michael Myers, too. You can make it. It's just, it's hard for me to even get a gauge on it as its own qualities, because it, 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 it's, it's a gimmick movie, you know, that doesn't really, you know, like Brandon says, it's just kind of like, it's a little uncomfortable in the way they come at mental illness. Steven, it's not one of the Stephen Dorff performances I'll defend. Um, you know, it's it's. <laughs> they didn't make that elite list of Dorff performances <laughs> you defend. I love True Detective Three. He's so good. And somewhere, Sofia Coppola is somewhere. This is really the ultimate. Like, where do you go from here with this franchise movie? I think. Jimmy, well, you remake it again. Um, <laughs> you have another one coming out. Uh, I, it's I'd never seen it. I watched this today. I've what? never seen this film, and I uh, I avoided it because I'd heard it was really bad. I feel like this is one of those movies where, had it maybe not been a Texas Chainsaw movie, like just a completely different story about you know, with this kind of similar idea, 
you might have had something interesting. There's there, there's a kernel of interesting thing. I do like Lily Taylor in this, even though it's a bit on the nose. Um, I yeah, it's it's just really forgettable. Really, ultimately, it's just forgettable. I'm, I I've already forgotten it. And I, I, you, I, I it's again that you have. The, there's a decent cast here. I feel like it's one. Of, I, I like Sam Strike for what he had to do. Um, it just it yeah. It's like really. It's I, you know at least the last one was like what the hell did I just watch? This one was just kind of like yeah okay okay what the the very generic sequel remake prequel all that and it just it's fine it's just i wouldn't i don't know if i'd go out of my way to recommend it to anyone unless you're a completist really we all are yeah i i recently caught yes, up with this we all are. i had i hadn't seen this film until a couple of weeks ago and um i my life has not changed from that fact um this is yeah Mm-hmm. The, you know, less than being incomprehensible in the way that Texas Chainsaw 3D is, is being boring. And that's my major issue with this movie. It's boring. It's boring. It's a boring film yeah. um, that yeah, there's there's nothing here to be upset about because there's nothing of consequence that makes a difference in my life whatsoever by watching it. I will say if I had more energy to expel on this film, it would be probably about the insulting nature of how they handle mental illness in this movie. I think it's it's pretty god awful. Um, but because the movie, you know, didn't exactly set the world on fire, it's not like I have much of an argument to put up there. You know, the world rejected it, and so therefore, who cares? I mean, it, yeah. it makes an awful case for how to treat, you know, uh, people of a certain nature. But I mean, it's not. Yes, it does, and that was offensive, by the way. That was I, very fucking offensive. Yeah, and it's you know you can justify by saying yeah. it's a horror movie and it operates on its own level, but I mean that. It's not the strongest of arguments, but again, the movie's too god awful in any other way to begin with to really have too much concern about how they handle, you know, one of the one of the many things they messed up here. Um, yeah. I do, I do, I can say that it's intriguing to be like we set up multiple characters, so one of them could be Leatherface. But I mean, the movie's so dopey that it's like who fucking cares which one of these guys is going to be Leatherface? <laughs> like it's whatever. It's, it's fucking <laughs> obvious from the start, though. Yeah, I mean, but the fact that it was yeah. like it, the fact that it was playing coy with me because I didn't know that was a thing that was going on in this movie until I started watching. It's like, oh, so we're supposed to be like out of the loop on on this. It's like okay, um, and yeah, none of the actors are, you know, they they earned the check. <laughs> that's that's what they got here. Brandon, how about you? No. it's just on it. It's just uninteresting. It's it's like this is not what I, I get trying to do something different but this like it feels like some other script like we've said retrofitted to be a texas chainsaw massacre movie with now sexy teen leatherface in there and everything's got sexy sexy teen leatherface i mean there's some there's some disturbing like there's that sex scene that's kind of like that kind of works. That's kind of something that this one got. I, I'm trying to throw out a compliment somewhere, but I'm just, it's hard to pay attention to. Like Nancy yeah. said, you drift off and you're just like, this is just unengaged, like direct to video. Just like you think it'd be interesting. Oh, yeah. we got Lily Taylor, yeah. Stephen Dorff. Oh, hell that should be interesting enough. It's not. Um, I, it's, and you kind of lose yourself. Not like you think you lost like it doesn't do a clear job of explaining what's going on here as a viewer. Like 
you, I don't think you realize what like the mishap with names and who's what and this and oh, I'm supposed to be figuring out who Leatherface is mm-hmm. is a bit much. And it's just this stupid Hatfield McCoy shit that's not I'm not there for. So that's I mean, that's on me. I didn't buy it. Didn't like it last time. I don't care the origin of it either. Uh, but yeah, yeah. It just it's junk. Yeah. That's uh, not great. If he does, funny how these I was we were talking about the Halloween series, and it's funny how whether or not the other sequels are considered canonical to this one, it's still stealing. Den- he's still basically just doing the Dennis Hopper character, like that's part of the DNA of Texas Chainsaw. Like, why are they doing a big homage to Chainsaw Two with Dorf's character? It's a strange, mm-hmm. it's strange how that happens. They feed on each other, even if they, even if they sort of don't or, or test that they're not as well, weak as the Halloween the series can be yeah, and as weak as the Halloween series can be at least there's a sense of fun throughout yeah, like yeah. even the, the, the least interesting Halloween movies they're, they're still Michael Myers are still the kind of goofy little sound and the feel to it it still feels like Halloween I, yeah there's only I mean for me yeah, this only- was for me, there's only one in that franchise I don't like, and it's the one with Buster Rhymes. So it's like, well, there's something mm-hmm. there that I, you know, don't find yeah. unwatchable. So it's like, whatever. Yeah, and even that <laughs> one's like has stuff that's like, mm. uh, if it's on, I'll, I'll watch it. But yeah, Leatherface is pretty down in the dregs for for this franchise. Um, you know, we really bounce back and forth. Like Candyman and Strong, and Final Destination and Strong and Strong. As far as Candyman has a remake that's better than the fucking Day of the Dead, um, but. Um, but then, like, the omen ends horribly, and this ends horribly. <laughs> so we've uh, found an interesting pattern as we've gone along and doing these franchises week after week. Um, well, you know, I I was, like, back in my mind hoping that the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's currently being made would, like, maybe get a surprise drop because it is filmed. It's done. Like, we just haven't seen anything from it. I thought that might yeah. be. I tried to hold off this episode specifically because maybe it actually comes out surprise. Like if we just drop it somewhere and hey, look, there's a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Didn't happen. Uh, but there is a movie. Nope. There is there is a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre that's a, either coming on out Netflix, either coming out somewhere, but it's going to be on Netflix either this year, maybe probably next year. It's produced um, and has a story by uh, uh, Fede Alvarez and uh, Rodolfo's Zegas, uh, who they've. They've, they've been working together on their various films. It's directed by David Blue Garcia. It has a, once again, it has a cast. You have Neil Hudson, Elsie uh, Fisher from Eighth Grade, Jacob Lattimore, yeah. Bo Dunford, uh, Alice Krieg. I mean, you got people. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, I, I have no idea what this is. Jimmy, do you have any of you, have you heard anything about what this is supposed to be beyond just another? I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm hoping it will be, you know, break the trend of just crappy sequels. I'm hoping. Like, I, I, I look, I want to see a good, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a good Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie again. It'd be nice. It'd be refreshing. <laughs> I don't know if this will be it, though. I do like Elise Fisher, though. I, I, I like that. She was so great in eighth grade. I'm glad she's working. I just hope it's a movie that's, you know, I don't know. I, I hope it's good. I want to like it. This, I really do. It does seem Mark Burnham plays Leatherface in this one, by the way. This one does yeah. seem to be a kind of a remix of the original where you have teens going out on a trip. One Elsie Fisher's character is in a wheelchair like the first film. I imagine mm-hmm. they encounter, if I had to guess, 
a chainsaw wielding loon and his family <laughs> um <laughs> just just a shot in the dark out there <laughs> um, uh, I, I love by the way the the imdb description it simply says another sequel to the original that's it <laughs> that's it the um there's again not much to go on there's a poster that's just like the leather face and it's like stretched out a little bit it's like oh that's creepy um but yeah. i guess the question is looks like he's kissing something jimmy you've already answered this but like it, are are you guys excited for the for the netflix chainsaw massacre Brandon, any, are you looking for it? Excitement's a one? big word. It, it's something I'm going to watch. I mean, the series clearly has been trending upward for me, but it's due for a bounce back. Sure. I think I think this will make sense. We need to we'll recon- say. we need to reconvene for an Out Now Nights episode. It's okay. Thank you. Um, and, we will, and, and we could do like a good like 15 minutes, maybe on like this Netflix movie. I think I think we should try to make that a plan. All right. Whatever this thing drops. <laughs> including including Abe, yes. Of course. I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. So, so we will we will make sure to 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 be able to finish off this this franchise. We'll we'll make sure to come back to this and uh, and then I'll retroactively add it to the audio. I won't do that. I'll be too much effort. But um, we will have we have a follow up <laughs> to make sure that we we properly cover whatever uh, they what I would now refer to as the Netflix Chainsaw Massacre, uh, whatever that turns out to be. Netflix Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> It's just easier to I say. I like that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, um, I like it. That's good. Um, with that said, I mean, we've covered this franchise. Any other, like, as we've talked about these. Oh, wait, no. We, we, the, the other thing we do, we got to rank the franchise. Of course. The we got we to rank the films. Yeah. Um, so I, I already have my list because I have my letterbox. So it's all set already. But so you guys think about the, the way you, how you would rank these films. And we'll go through what our ranking of the series would be. So I, I will, I will start. I don't think it's any surprise. Uh, the number one slot, I have Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Then I'd go Texas Chainsaw 2. Then I would go Texas Chainsaw The Beginning. Then I would go Leatherface Part 3. Uh, then I would go the remake. Then the next generation. Then 3D. Then Leatherface, the last one. That's that's where my ranking mm. stands right now. Uh, Brandon, where, where's, what's your ranking for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series? All right. Do I go um, top to bottom or bottom to top? You can go whatever way you want to. You can go bottom to All top right. if you want. All right. I got a shocker here. that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the original as the, the number one. Uh, part two as number two, which isn't as far behind the original as people might assume. Like People might assume there's like this huge plateau. Um, I've got the beginning as number three, Leatherface, the original Leatherface number, uh, Leatherface colon the Texas Chainsaw Massacre three. three as number four. I've got the remake as number five. Three D is the next one. In a startling, startling turn of events, I've swapped my last one. I have the Next Generation and then Leatherface, the most recent one, because. I'm more likely to watch the next generation again sometime in the next five years than I am to ever pick up Leatherface again. Like yeah. even even when I go through and just I'm gonna watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, I'm probably gonna skip that one. Yeah. Well, when Scream Factory puts out the first four on 4K, I mean, I'm sure you'll be watching it right away. So. Right. Yes. So I, I yeah, oh. I just I realize right now I'm like, which one? I may think one's a worse film, but which one am I gonna watch again? In all honesty. Before the other, and that would be next generation. 
Yancy, mm. where are you? What is your ranking for this franchise? Uh, starting from the first one is the best, followed by the second one. Those are the two essentials, followed by the remake, then uh, Leatherface, the first Leatherface, um, then uh, it's a toss-up between Texas Chainsaw <laughs> 3D and Next Generation, um, and then Leatherface, and then I guess I'm not getting it, but uh, the beginning would be at the <laughs> bottom for me. <laughs> Jimmy, oh, what are your what's your ranking here? The original, easy. Uh, two, I would say the remake. Uh, this is for now. This may change. Um, part three, Leatherface. Uh, then the beginning. Then um, oh wait, no, the best one is Texas Chainsaw 3D. I'm sorry, no. Then uh, probably Texas Chainsaw 3D. Then Leatherface. Then uh, I, I'm going with Next Generation as the worst. That's just terrible, Fair terrible enough. fucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Abe, obviously you have some homework to do. <laughs> A ton. Yeah, you and do. I guess I'll watch uh, Leatherface last. <laughs> But, uh, Although I will say, out of all the uh, franchises we've done, I think this has had more be- be- a better selection of good films over what, Candyman. Over what's the worst well, maybe fran- Final what's, Destination. What's the worst franchise installment of all of them that we've done? That what's we've the, done the Omen. The, uh, I, the I, Omen. I have. I would probably say the Omen remake is probably yeah. Wow. The worst. worst. Than the fourth yeah. Point? Oh, it's I would horrible. watch the fourth Omen. Horrible. Any day over that remake, that offers God, nothing. Yeah, it's, it's terrible, terrible, terrible. And I'm talking. Oh, I would rather watch Candyman three, Day of the Dead, than the Omen remake. Damn. Again, I, I would too. Absolutely, the Omen remake was just unwatchable, unwatchable. Yeah, it's between it's be, it's between that and Leatherface. I mean, Leatherface is. I mean, yeah. At least just, Leatherface like is trying Leatherface to do something. More. At least I, it's. It's not yeah, at least it's soulless. It's not directed by John Moore, Aaron. Okay, you yeah. won me over. That, that's, probably, that's, probably, yeah. that's, that's probably the winning, the winning argument right there. Like the, yeah. the, it, it's the most hollow, just nothing I've ever seen. Like it's lifeless, lifeless. soulless, empty. I mean, these things seems like things that the, that the Antichrist wants. This though, I mean, that's kind of winning for it. Our soulless. Man. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> Well, that that is, I mean, Satan. given that given that it's our commentary <laughs> next week, that is going to wrap up our kind of our our deal with all the franchises that we've been covering. Um, but uh, it's certainly been a delight, and this would be a fun thing to maybe mm-hmm. revisit. Not maybe not necessarily all four weeks uh, next year, but maybe like do like another franchise specifically next year as we kind of puppet master. Here we come, puppet puppet master. Yeah, we got to <laughs> go through the fun ones, the bad ones, species, and, and the Nazi ones. So we got all the all kinds ah. of flavors of puppet master. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh any other any other thoughts on Texas Chainsaw before we wrap up here? Yeah. No. We can, we can put We're the good. buzz in the back. <laughs> that's, yep. that's the order. All right. Well, with all of that in mind, let's wrap things up by asking well, where you guys can be found online and all your other endeavors. Yancey, I'll let you start this time. Anything you want to plug? No, you know, Milky Way Blues one day will be more busy than it is today. That's all I can say. Yancy Jack on Twitter. Hey, the universe is always expanding, man. So it'll come sure. back. Mm. Uh, Jimmy O, where can people find more of you? 
Uh, Joe Blow, Arrow in the Head, We Live Entertainment. Uh, you can also find me on Cosm with my my uh, series Sounds Scary and, of course, my weekly podcast, Something Stony, and Jimmy to the O on Twitter, James Oster Facebook, Jimmy to the O, I think, Instagram, and then all the other crap. All the social media. I'm on all of it. All right. Brandon Peters? Uh, the Brandon Peters Show.com on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. Uh, you can find on my show currently for the week of Halloween, uh, the first season of Tales from the Crypt, different guests every day for all six episodes, including Aaron Newworth on one of them. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. He's so cool. Yeah, I like him. You can find everything else I do right. on uh, Wise the Blue and Leo Entertainment. My personal blog, the code is eek.com. And I'm on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe, you've been a trooper. You want to plug anything right now? You can find him on Walrus Moose. <laughs> on Twitter at Walrus Moose. Uh, he's good. He likes the Golden State Warriors. So go team. And uh, yeah, he's otherwise out now with Aaron and Abe. Yeah, I want to find a uh, plug, you know, Naptown Nerd, Brandon 4K <laughs> UHD, uh, Jimmy O's uh, Something Stony. I want to find this email newsletter that has been circulated from Yancey. Uh, I, don't, I don't know where it's available. Somebody at E has it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm online. You should have framed it, Yancey. You should have printed it out and framed it somewhere. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, but yeah, uh, guys, this has been as great as always. Always happy to talk about these horror franchises and happy to delve into something as legendary as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre because it's so consistently good. Uh, but once again, thank you, Brandon, Yancey, and Jimmy for joining us for this uh, horror special. Thank you for having. Thank you. Thank you. And that is going to do it for this week's episode, this week's bonus episode. But next week we will have our Halloween 2018 commentary track. That's going to be a lot of fun to record, I'm sure. Sartain! And that's going to uh, wrap us up for our October horror specials. But of course, we have our regular shows as well. You can find it everywhere. You can find our podcast. You can follow us on all the socials and everything. We do have our Halloween Kills episode coming up, which basically ties into the month of October anyway. So good on that for all timing in very nicely. And of course, we have Brandon Peters on that show, along with our friend of the show, Jim Dietz. Uh, but yeah, that is going to do it for this week's uh, bonus episode. So until next time, so long and bye.